Welcome to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Sievercrop, and I am just like you. I'm busy with work, family, kids, church, and a million other responsibilities. And honestly, some days I miss my personal scripture study and prayers. And some days we as a family miss our scripture study and prayer. But I'm trying. So if you're not perfect in living the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, but you're trying, well, get along great, and this is the place for you. Five days a week, I'll share a brief episode, often based on the Come Follow Me curriculum for that week, that I'm using to have daily conversations with my kids, whether we're on our way to school or on our way home or if it's real quick before dinner. And you're welcome to use them to do the same with your family or your personal study. Just know that the views and opinions I share are mine alone and do not represent the official doctrine and viewpoint of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now let's jump right in with today's episode. All right, welcome back to the podcast. And today we're going to talk about Cornelius, Peter, and Revelation. So this is a fairly well-known story. This, And typically the, the story that's told is Peter's vision of this tablecloth that's tied up in four corners um, and comes down with all of these animals that are unclean. And he's, he's told to eat them. And Peter's like, I can't, they're unclean. But as I studied this today, there is so much more to this story. And to really understand and get the value from it, you have to start with this vision that Cornelius had. Now, Cornelius, it says he was uh, from Caesarea, and he was a centurion, uh, meaning that he led a um, legion of between 50 and 100 men in the Roman army. And it says that he was a devout man, he feared God with all his house, and he gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. So he's a really, really good man. And it says that he had a vision. And in the vision, um, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Cornelius. And when he looked up, it says he was afraid. He said, what is it, Lord? And the angel said, thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. So this angel appears to him and says, hey, God's heard your prayers. Send some guys and ask for Simon Peter. And he does it. And the thing to realize is Cornelius is a very faithful person. It says that in this, in the, uh, in, you know, what it says, you know, it says he was a devout man. He feared God. He, he uh, gave alms to the people and he prayed to God always. But his life was such that he was able to see an angel of the Lord. An angel came to him. Now, at this point, you know, obviously, um, he's a Gentile. You know, he's not a member of the, he's not a Jew. And so he has access to absolutely zero of the blessings of the gospel. He, he can't even enter into the gate to get on the covenant path because as the Savior said over and over and over and over again when he was on the earth, he was only to teach the gospel to the Jews, not to the Gentiles. And you know, throughout the years, for generations, the Jews believed that because they were descendants of Abraham, they were blessed to be the only ones who could experience the gospel blessings. And everybody else was unclean. 
Everyone else was a Gentile. Everyone else was um, unfit to be given these blessings. Now, the Savior did say when he um, ascended to heaven after teaching the apostles that the gospel would be taught to all the world and that the Gentiles would receive it, but that had not happened yet. And so you have Cornelius who sent some people to Peter. And so while these people are heading to Peter, it says that Peter went up onto the roof of the house that he was staying in, and he was praying. Um, And it says in verse 10 of, of Acts 10, he became very hungry and would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet, a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the field and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. So all of these things that were unclean, things that for centuries Jews had been told they were not allowed to eat. And a voice came to him and said, Peter, kill, eat. And Peter, like a good Jew, like someone who is devout, which he was, um, said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. It's like, no, no, I, 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 I can't. You know, I have been taught that I'm not supposed to. And the voice said again, it says, voice spake unto him again the second time and said, what God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. And it says it was done three times. And then it says, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, those who came from Cornelius came. And these people come and they, you know, the people in the house come to Peter and say, hey, these people are here to see you. Um, They ask for you specifically. He invites them in. And, uh, they stay with him overnight. And it says on the morrow in verse 24, they entered in the Caesarea and Cornelius waited for them. And he called together his kinsmen and near friends. So he, Peter went and he took some people with him. It says certain brethren. So he goes back with these men and comes up to Cornelius. And Cornelius must've realized that, I mean, even I'm sure he knew that he was a leader of the church, but even if he didn't, he knows that this is a person that an angel of the Lord told him to call for, to ask to come and see him. And so when he gets there, Cornelius meets him, and the first thing he does is he kneels down and he starts to worship him. And Peter immediately has him stand up and says, look, I'm just a man. Don't, don't, Don't be bound to me. I'm not the one that you need to bow to. And it says that they went in, uh, and, and it says that Peter said, you know how that it is unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or to come unto one of another nation. But God showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. So Peter's still not quite sure what this vision means, but in this moment, the spirit teaches him that this is one of the things that he's being taught, you know, uh, and that's why he came you know, is because he realized, okay, I had this vision and then these guys show up. And so it's like, okay, well, um, even though I'm a Jew and he's not, there must be a reason that I was told that, you know, what God has made, what God has cleansed, don't call common. And then he says, so that's why I came, you know, as soon as I was sent for, I came. 
Um, and then he says, so why did you, why did you send for me? Why am I here? You know, so apparently the men didn't know, or they didn't tell him about this vision. So he says, you know, why am I here? And it kind of, it made me think of the story of Joseph Smith and Newell K. Whitney, where Joseph appears or shows up at Newell K. Whitney's store and says, uh, you know, Newell K. Whitney, thou art the man. Uh, you have prayed me here. Now what will you have me do? Or something like that. Um, it's kind of that same thing. He's like, well, you asked me to come. Why, why am I here? What, what are we supposed to be doing here? And so Cornelius shares this story. And he tells them what, what happened. Um, and just recounts the entire thing. And then Peter, being the prophet, being an apostle, begins teaching the gospel. And some of this is really powerful, some of the things he says. It says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. And why does he say that? Because Cornelius had a vision, and about the same time, Peter had a vision. Peter's a Jew. Peter's an apostle. Peter's the president of the church. Cornelius is not a Jew. He's obviously not an apostle. He's obviously not the president of the church. And yet he had a vision as well. So he's like, look, apparently God speaks to everybody. You know, he's no respecter of person. He says, but in every nation, he that feareth him worketh righteousness and worketh righteousness is accepted of him. And then he talks about Jesus Christ. He says, the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. And he goes through and he talks about how um, God appointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, with power. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did drink, eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. So he's fulfilling his requirement, his responsibility as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ to bear testimony of the divinity of Christ and of his resurrection, of the fact that he lives. Um, and, you know, he, he goes on. He says, He commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. So Peter's saying this and he's teaching these things, but up to this point, Cornelius still cannot receive a remission of his sin. He still cannot receive the gospel blessings. He's not a Jew. But then it says, and this is really, really cool. It says, while Peter yet spake those words, these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. So, and then, you know, he goes on the next one and, and you know, Peter deals with people not knowing why he did this. But Peter, throughout this whole thing, has not been sure what his vision was for. And yet at the end, he realizes, look, these guys have received the Spirit. The Holy Ghost has fell upon these people. So if they have the Holy... If, if God has seen fit to give them the Holy Ghost, to bless them with the Spirit in their lives, you know, to fall upon them so that they can speak, uh, you know, speak in tongues and magnify God, 
then obviously that coupled with the fact that I have been told what God has cleansed, let no man um, call common, then they must be able to receive the gospel. And it's interesting. And I just literally, honestly just thought of this. I did not think of this before right now. It's not even in my notes, but I just had this thought. Peter's vision, you know, the, the Lord says, let me, let me skip back so I get it exactly right here. Um, it says, what God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. What God has cleansed, that call, call, that call not thou common. Well, what does the Holy Ghost do? It cleanses. The Holy Ghost is baptism by fire. It cleanses us from all of our sins and our misdeeds and everything. That's the Holy Ghost's job, is to cleanse us. It's the baptism by fire. So Peter has this vision where the Lord says, What I have cleansed, that call that that call not thou common. And then the Holy Ghost, which cleanses, falls upon these people, and Peter realizes, oh my goodness, this is what that meant. This is the cleansing that, the, that he's talking about. They have felt the Holy Ghost. They've been cleansed by the Holy Ghost. They've received the Holy Ghost. So obviously they, they have been cleansed by God, and we can't refer to them as common, as Gentiles, as, as those who are unworthy or unfit to receive the blessings of the gospel. Really, really cool story. And I think there's some things to point out here. You know, the first one is that obviously God's no respecter of persons. You know, as I, as I thought about this, I thought of the scripture in Doctrine and Covenants 130 that says, there's a law irrevocably decreed in heaven before the foundation of the world, of this world, upon which all blessings are predicated. And when we obtain any blessing from God, it is by obedience to that law upon which it is predicated. And what I thought of was, nowhere in there does it say, unless you are, <laughs> you know, unless you are a Gentile, unless you are this, unless you are that, there's no qualifier. There's no qualifier because God's no respecter of persons. There's a law for every blessing. And anyone who lives by that law receives that blessing. That's the way it works. Anyone, whether they're a member of the church or not a member of the church, whether they're a Jew or a Gentile, whether they are a a mostly good person or a mostly bad person, if they live the law, if they live the law, they will receive the blessing. God is no respecter of persons. And along those same lines, God hears all people's prayers. God doesn't just hear your prayer if you're a member of the church. He hears all people's prayers because all of them are children of God. All of them are his sons and daughters, regardless of whether they're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or a member of the Catholic Church, Methodist Church, they're Buddhist, they're Hindu, it doesn't matter. Whether they don't ever set foot inside a church, he hears their prayers. Now certainly there are blessings that are, you know, require certain, you know, laws to be lived. You know, to have an eternal family, you must be married in the temple. But there are blessings that anyone can receive and does, and they do receive because they live the law related to them. The other thing I thought was interesting is we learn line upon line. Cornelius, when he received this vision, didn't know what the outcome would be. It's not like this angel, as far as we can tell, you know, it's not like this angel said, hey, we've heard your prayers and send for Peter and he's going to announce this new doctrine where all the Gentiles and everybody in the world can receive the gospel and be baptized. That didn't happen. Cornelius was just told to send for Peter. That's it. 
It was only after Peter came and Peter taught that Cornelius received those blessings and understood what it was and was taught those things. And he was able to be there and be the the catalyst for the gospel being preached to the Gentiles and to be given to the Gentiles, to be offered to the Gentiles. Same with Peter. Peter was taught line upon line. You know, it says that he was praying. You know, he was seeking revelation, you know, as the president of the church, I'm sure uh, he was praying about certain things. Maybe he was praying about that. Maybe he was praying about something else. I don't know. But he was seeking to be taught. And he was given a vision. And it says, it says specifically that Peter didn't know what it was about. He didn't know. You know, it says, uh, Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean. He had no idea. He's like, what, what, in this, what in the heck does this mean? Why was I told this? And so he started considering it and thinking about it. And then Cornelius' people show up, the men that he sends. And then when he gets back to Cornelius, he basically says, you know, why am I here? What did you send for me for? So he's still trying to figure it out. But he followed, you know, and, and we'll talk about this more in a second, but he followed the promptings anyways. And then he started bearing testimony, started teaching the things that he was ordained of God to teach that he was called to do by his calling. He did those things that he was called to do. And in the act of doing it, in the act of being faithful to his calling, being faithful to the things that he had been asked to do, he received the revelation. And it was then, in the moment, that he said, now is the time that the gospel is to be given to the Gentiles. The Gentiles can be baptized. I mean, this is a major doctrinal change in the church. And it was taught line upon line. He didn't just one day have a vision and it was all unfolded to him and he knew it all at once. And I don't think any prophet gets that. You know, Joseph Smith was taught for years and years and years and was got, got a little bit here and a little bit there. And he slowly put together the pieces to where towards the end of his life he was able to say, you know, if, if, if you could see everything I saw, you would be blown away. You're not ready to see everything I saw. You're not ready to know everything I know. But it took a long time. It was line upon line. And the final thing is kind of along what we just talked about, that we're expected to follow the promptings that we receive from the Holy Ghost, regardless of whether we know what, why or not. You know, regardless if we know what the outcome is or not. Peter went to see Cornelius, not knowing why he was supposed to go see him. Cornelius sent for Peter, not knowing why he was sending for him. But they did it. They followed the promptings. And by doing so, they were blessed beyond measure. So what an awesome story. What an awesome story of following revelation, of, of seeking revelation, of following the promptings of the Spirit as you're given them, even when you don't know what the end outcome will be. So I have two questions for you today. The first is, number one, why is it important to know that God is no respecter of persons? And number two, what can we learn about, revela- about receiving revelation from this story of Cornelius and Peter. You can get all the resources mentioned in this episode by going to everydayconversion.com forward slash 094. All right, that's it for today. Now, I know, I know you want to hang out with me longer, but we both have a ton of things to do today, including living the gospel and trying to be like Jesus. Cue primary children singing. I'm trying to be 
But hey, if you want to get the links to everything we talked about today, you can find it on the episodes page of everydayconversion.com. You can also do cool stuff like subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening platform, sign up for email notifications of new episodes, and connect with us on social media there. It's kind of like a virtual church library without the militant librarians or a piece of paper to sign out your three tiny pieces of chalk for your lesson. Also, just remember, I do my best to make sure my opinions are in line with official church doctrine, but they are just that. They're my opinions. For official doctrine and viewpoints, I recommend you go to churchofjesuschrist.org or comeuntochrist.org. Hey, it's Mark here, and I wanted to share a new tool with you that I'm super excited about. You know, last year, my wife and I went through the new self-reliance classes that the church offers, and we did the personal finance one. And one of the things that really stuck out to me was the importance of saving money, of creating a rainy day fund, an emergency fund, of being able to save up so that if something happens, you're prepared for it. And that's why I'm so excited about this tool. It's called Digit. It's a it's an it's a mobile app. Uh, there's also an online or a, uh, a digital app as well on the computer, and it allows you to effortlessly save money. See, so here's the way it works. You connect your account, your your checking account, and it's backed by the FDIC and and all that stuff. Um, and Digit analyzes automatically your income and your expenses, and then it determines how much you can afford to save. And it does all this without you having to do anything. It just automatically does it. And the best part is, I know what you're thinking because I was thinking the same thing. The best part is you can set a minimum amount amount in your account where it will stop saving. So you can say, if I have under $500 in my account, don't save anymore. Or you can set a max amount and say, I don't want to save any more than this per transaction. And it analyzes and it says that average is two to three times a week. It'll make a transfer into a savings account for you. And it'll even um, move money back into your account to keep from your balance getting too low. So you could say, if my account gets under $500, move money back in to get it back to $500. That's pretty cool. They call it with uh, overdraft protection, which I think is really cool. And the cool thing is there's no fee for transfers. You can move your money anytime you want. Um, You can move it as much as you want. And there's no fees whatsoever. Um, You can withdraw your money 24-7 and put it back into your checking account to use however you want. There's a 30-day free trial available, and then there's a $2.99 monthly fee. But here's the cool thing. If you sign up using everydayconversion.com forward slash digit, D-I-G-I-T, you'll get $5 just to get started. So that essentially gives you that $30, 30-day free trial plus almost two more months free to give it a shot. That's almost 90 days free to give it a shot and see how it works. Oh, and by the way, they give you 1% back on your savings annually. So at the end of those three months, you'll be about ready to get your first one or your first quarter of a percent because it's 1% annually. So every three months, it's quarterly, a quarter of a percent that you get back on the average balance on your account. I'm super excited about this because I am terrible at saving money. And to be able to set it and forget it and to just have that money saved automatically for me is super exciting. I can't wait to build up an emergency fund, to save, to pay off debt, and to do all those things that the church has taught us to do in that self-reliance class. So again, if you're interested in this, like I said, you get $5 just to get started if you use this link, 
everydayconversion.com forward slash digit, D-I-G-I-T.